Welcome to Manager Tools for Monday, October 24th, 2005. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Now, this week's cast is on layoffs. Now, we know it's not an upbeat topic, but it's highly likely you're going to have to be involved in one at some point in your career. And professional managers know how to conduct layoffs efficiently, with candor, and compassion. Now, we've slated three podcasts for this topic. One is on preparation and what you need to do in advance. And this one is more for senior managers and those who will be in discussions with HR. The second one is the one everyone always asks about, how to actually lay someone off. What do I say in the conversation and how do I say it? And that's what we're going to cover today. The third cast is how to communicate to everyone after the fact. It's an often ignored part of the process, and done well, though, it can really help. Now, there are a couple of podcasts in our future on how to survive a podcast, in other words, being on the receiving end. But today's cast is about being a manager delivering the news to one on your team. As well, to be clear, this is not about firing someone. Termination is a different thing. It's about an individual performance or malfeasance. and is notably different in the process. Now, part of the reason we're doing this now is we had a recent question from a subscriber, and via email, we did some uh, coaching on how to go through the process, and uh, they had some great feedback. As a matter of fact, HR told them it was perhaps the best termination interview they'd ever seen. So the stuff works, and it makes a difference. With that, it's an unpleasant topic, but something you need to know how to do, and we're going to cover it in uh, some detail today. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, today we're going to talk about um, probably an unpopular topic, particularly for those receiving the news, but today we're going to talk about the difficult process of communicating a layoff to employees. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not easy talking about, but um, you know, if you're a manager, uh, it's part of your responsibility. There's going to come a time, particularly if you're a larger company, it doesn't happen at smaller companies, but if you're a larger company, um, a layoff is probably going to happen sometime in your tenure. Um it's hard to be a lower-level manager and deliver the news. It's even harder to be an upper-level manager and be involved in the decisions about who's going to get laid off and why and what the strategic implications are and so on. Um, but you've been involved in them. I've been involved in them. Um, and too many people do them poorly. And uh, there's a lot of energy and emotion around them, a lot of it negative, obviously. And so we thought it would be something that even if somebody's not coming through, going to go through right now, it's something – this is a, a show that they'll want to archive and review – um, before they go through it at some point in their career. Yeah, this for some people this will be timely. For for most, it's still something you want to think of, think about and having uh, have thought about it before being in a situation you have to do this. And yes. you store this on your. It's a great thing about podcasts. You can always have it there ready for you when you need it. Um, before we get into the actual specifics and how tos, is it, you know there's a lot of debate between kind of a hard appro- approach, a soft approach. Can you describe? Just kind of in general, um, give folks a little bit of framework for where we're coming from regarding our approach to managing layoffs. Yeah, and uh, you know, we we probably couldn't be partners if we didn't have uh, if we didn't share this. I, uh, it's funny we're both, uh, of course, academy graduates, and so people assume that there's a little bit of Patton or Schwarzkopf in us. And what's funny about that is that we're we probably describe ourselves as being a little bit toward the other end of the spectrum, a little bit more 
willing, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more uh, comfortable with flexibility in the workplace. But basically, if I had to describe our approach, I'd say we have the more classic soft approach to layoffs. Uh, we consider ourselves to be, quote, soft managers, unquote. Um, that means, you know, e- even though we're really dealing with what is clearly the toughest subject possible, I mean, we're going to take somebody's job away. Um, the employee, you know, may get angry, may be uh, vengeful, may be frustrated, may cry. Um, we think that your being a part of the profession of management requires you to be compassionate and caring and, and understanding. Um, and we don't think that delivering it with directness, without emotion, as a way of getting through it, makes you a better manager. On the contrary, we think compassion and caring make you a better manager almost all the time. Um, the organization will leach enough emotion out of your life that if you don't try to put something back in because of your relationship with your team and your peers and your boss, um, work tends to be a less real, um, less uh, uh, satisfying place to be. Um, and one of the ways you can immediately justify having a compassionate delivery and thought process around layoffs is imagine if you're the person being laid off. When you take it from that perspective, boy, everybody wants their managers to um, to be an emotional, caring person. I want to read something if I can, Mike. Uh, one of the things that really got me thinking about this was several years ago, there was an article on the Harvard Business Review um, called The Hard Work of Being a Soft Manager by a guy named William Peace. And at the very end of the article, he wrote something that that I think is, is timely here. It says, he said, and I'm quoting here, my position on soft management comes down to this. Proponents of all management styles will probably agree that to manage other people effectively, a person needs a battery of qualities that are not easily acquired. They include things like intelligence, energy, confidence, and responsibility. Where I differ, and where you and I might differ, from a lot of my colleagues is in believing that candor, sensitivity, and a certain willingness to suffer the painful consequences of unpopular decisions belong on that list too. Being vulnerable to the give and take of ordinary emotional crossfire and intellectual disagreement makes us more human, credible, and open to change. Obviously, he's a lot smarter and a better writer than I am. Um, but that really touched me. And uh, so several of his thoughts are included in our thoughts about how we approach these things. Yeah, and one thing I've, I've seen in my experience is that a lot of organizations, in terms of officially how they respond to managing layoffs, it's almost as if they appear that they're really interested in making the process easier for the manager versus easier or more compassionate for the individual. Right. And we clearly err on the side of making it easier, more palatable, or manageable from the individual being fired perspective. Right. I, I, um, I often joke um, that recruiters are the best salespeople in the world because they have to talk about your company and they have to say no a lot. Um, people come to a recruiter and want to get hired and the recruiter has to say no, which is a terrible situation in which to keep people excited about your company. And same thing with managers during a layoff. The fact is we think about making it easier on the manager, but here we are telling a person that they can't work for us anymore. If we're not careful, we're going to create a whole cadre of people around our organization and the communities where our organization is that, quite frankly, hate us. Um, and and they know more than the average person, obviously, on the outside. And, uh, you know, what, what is it they say that a happy customer tells one friend and an unhappy customer tells ten? Um, you really affect your ability to recruit in the marketplace if you continually go through 
you know, ups and downs when it comes to hiring and layoffs. And, and of course, everybody knows this stuff, but, it, but what it, what it goes that my point is that it, it, uh, amplifies yours that, that if you don't think about it from the employee's perspective, uh, you're, you're missing a real opportunity to think bigger picture about your entire organization and, and how well it's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. As I said in the intro, we're going to, we're going to have future podcasts on other parts of the, the process. One is what do you do? before how do you prepare for right. layoffs and then the third if there were a series the third would be the second would be the podcast we're doing today and then the third would be you know what about after the podcast off after the podcast what am i talking about after the <laughs> uh, after yeah what am i gonna do after the podcast i'm going back to sleep that's what i'm going to do um <laughs> we're, we're doing it early this morning versus uh late in the evening we'll see how this works um, sunday morning then, we, we, we couldn't interrupt game one of the world series mike no, that would that would be good. That would be sacrilegious. That would be sacrilegious. Although, <laughs> is there a football game on during the World Series? Because if so, um, I'm probably watching that. There, there may have been a college game. Yeah, uh, but no, I n- not that I know of. Not that I care to yeah, I to remember. Well, well if you have why, your, why would you care? Yeah, Mark's a well. Yeah, Mark's a baseball guy. I'm a football <laughs> guy. So that's that's what the deal is there. Okay, and, and there goes our. Or a lot of diversion time for the next three months. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I started. I can't believe I started that. Then the uh, the the third piece of uh, the podcast, one following this, will then be about what to do after after uh, doing the layoffs. After so, left, yeah. The, you know, the fact is, um, the troops that are left have been through a tough battle, and uh, there are ways of communicating to them and being clear with them that uh, are critical. Um, so there's a whole, literally a whole cast. I mean, we, we've probably got 15 steps to go through after the fact. And the, and, and the first one, if I can just mention the before podcast or the, the, the preparation podcast is really more, um, as I think you mentioned in the intro, more for directors, more for VPs and so on. But all three of these together, once we put them all out there, I think would be, uh, in my opinion, a core part of anybody's podcast archives. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's get into the, uh, before, during, and after, of the podcast, of the podcast, of the, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell where my my brain is. Right. Um, the before, during, and after of the layoff. Again, around those activities, you know, right around the actual layoff itself. So how do we, how do we prepare for the actual layoff? Right. Okay. First step. It's actually not a step, but it's a it's a an admonition. Always remember that everybody already knows what's happening. If you think management has kept this thing a secret, you're crazy. Everybody, I think Horseman's Fourth Law is um, there are no secrets. Um, and the, the subtext of that is what everybody's talking about is what's not being said. So if you think nobody knows about it, it's because you're not at all in tune with your team. Um, people know it's coming. You must absolutely guard um, secrecy with your life. Never share anything with anybody. If they see you having come out of a meeting, uh, around the layoffs, and they say, was that a meeting around layoffs? You, you, uh, we never recommend you lie, and so the answer to that is yes. Well, can you tell us what's happening? No. Do you know what's happening? Yes, I do. Do you know who's going to be laid off? Yes, I do. Well, can you tell us something? No, I won't. Um, it's actually, I think, really increases people's respect for folks. If they're willing to admit, yes, I do know, but I'm not willing to say, because I gave my word I wouldn't say. Um, and what that means is team morale, team performance, team effectiveness is going to be going down during this time, which is why um, you not only should keep secrecy, but at the same time, you should do it as quickly as you possibly can. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Okay. 
Um, another thing you need to do, which a lot of managers forget because they don't see themselves as holistically as they need to, they just see themselves as sort of a cog in a larger wheel. Um, check um, for open positions elsewhere in the company. Um, just because you're laying somebody off that doesn't mean that they couldn't fit a position somewhere else. Uh, I'm not suggesting it's all that likely, but a smart manager looks big picture. And if you've created the right relationships, if you've reached out, and of course, we're going to talk about networking relationships within your company, um, it, uh, then if there's a possibility of it, you won't miss it if this is a step in your process for handling a layoff. If it's not a step, you're going to miss it because you're going to be worried mostly about getting rid of folks. Right. Is there any um, information or packets of printed material that things sh people should be produced before the layoff? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. Um, you need to prepare a, an information packet. Um, and part of this is simply because some of your employees, uh, most of them, those who are laid off, when you tell them they're being laid off, they're going to hear a lot of white noise right after you're speaking. Um, they're not going to remember the details. They're going to be too emotional uh, in many cases. Um, so there should be um, financial information. If there's severance, the details of it, uh, for instance, when their last check is going to come, how much the severance is for, when it's going to be paid, if it's going to be paid over time. Uh, unlikely, but you never know. Those are questions to ask HR or the chain of command above you when you go through the process of, of uh, learning how it's going to be delivered. Um, medical benefits, COBRA for medical benefits, um, any benefits in general, any resources the company will provide, including outsourcing. Um, again, they'll not remember this stuff no matter how clearly you say it. And HR should be able, should be available to help with the details. Um, maybe provide a key phrases list. And um, in an ideal world, the CEO or senior leadership will have prepared some talking points for you that you can use. And I wouldn't wouldn't be against uh, some bullet points in the packet that you give uh, to your employees. Um, and if no one can help you, if HR can't help you, if senior leadership doesn't help you, you should still prepare a one or two page document based on your research in advance to help your employee. Yeah, and all this is designed to remove as much anxiety as possible from the minds of the individuals being laid off. There's a lot that's going to be going through their head. Yep. They're going to get, they're going to get home. Their spouse may have a bunch of questions for them because they're going to immediately try to figure out what does this mean for them? So give them as much information as possible so they can, uh, you know, free themselves from having to think about a lot of these issues that will come to mind only after they get home and start thinking about what it means to them. Yeah, you could bet the spouse is going to be saying, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it just makes it harder, more embarrassing. It makes a person feel more or less in control, less like a professional, less like a provider to the household, even if it's a two-income household, to say, well, I don't know. I don't remember. Gosh, I, I don't know. And then, then you've got a fight on your hands between two, um, two folks because you didn't take the time to prepare a packet for them. Yeah, and we're going to talk about more about it in the what would have been the first in the series in right. terms of how to prepare for – layoffs, but you want to do a couple things. You want to make sure you have a phone number that they can call. It's probably not you, although you can encourage them to give you a call, and that's right. part of our soft management approach. But there should be a phone number that they can call where there's a resource in the company that's focused on assisting people, getting through the process, clarifying the written material, et cetera. Um, and I'd also recommend that if you're in a position to, to do this and you haven't done it already, which is arrange for a, a placement service. Uh, the first thing in these folks' mind is that is finding a replacement job. Most folks don't have the ability to go long periods of time without employment. So if you can 
provide them some assistance in terms of placement, that will go a long ways toward easing some of the anxiety that will revolve around this. Good. Um, something else that we often forget about, and uh, we regret later, I've, I, this came from uh, indirect personal experience. A friend of mine called me and said, what do I do? And that's make sure you have their home phone number before you um, before you lay them off. You're going to be calling them. That's one of our steps. And uh, all too often at work, we maybe have cell phone, but we don't have a home phone number. And sometimes the cell phone is provided by work and they have to turn it in and suddenly you don't have any way to get in touch with the person. Um, and just because they're not calling you doesn't mean you don't owe them a phone call. Okay. Um, okay. Next step in the process is to rehearse. Um, take some time, get your bullet points. Of course, you can develop a separate set of notes than what you actually give them. You can have a packet for them and, a, and a, some talking points for you. Um, but you should walk through it two or three or four times. And if you have enough time, and this is something you'd normally do in more detail in the preparation phase, we'll talk about that later, um, or another podcast, is, is uh, um, to do some role-playing. Have a co-manager of yours sit there and listen to the, the, what you're saying for the first time and have him ask, you know, likely questions. You'll be amazed at questions that come up that will poke holes in your delivery, and you want to be able to address those um, in, a, in a calm and professional way rather than getting flustered and making it worse for them. Something else you got to do, you got to schedule a conference room. If you, don't, if you have a cube, then you need a conference room in which to do this. Usually I find that companies do this. They essentially bank the conference rooms in advance of this, but you never know. Um, you need a place that's private, and if another meeting is going on and uh, you know it's not the CEO of the company, explain to them why you want the room, and they'll figure out a time to reschedule. Um, and um, we talked about this earlier. You must do this as soon as it is possible. The moment the company releases you to do it, you should be in your office within 15 minutes meeting with one or two, you know, one at a time, obviously, the people that you're going to lay off um, immediately. Don't wait till the end of the day. Do it now. If, if at 9 o'clock in the morning you know it's coming, do not wait because what will happen is somebody else will do it immediately. The word will get out that layoffs are happening. The list will get out because everybody knows. And um, and then you'll spend the rest of the day defending it and then saying, no, 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 no. And then at 4 o'clock you'll be laying people off and they'll say, gee, you said all day that we're not going to do anything about that. Um, and that's not going to come across well. So do it immediately. And related to that, do not tell anybody else, not even your spouse in advance, the old idea of, well, I'm going to do it in an hour so I can go ahead and tell him or I can tell her. It just doesn't work. It's inconsiderate of the people you're going to lay off. They should be the first people who hear it. And also, you never know. You can get thrown a curveball. Um, something could happen at home. Something can happen at work. Somebody could go home sick, and then everybody hears that Joe's going to get laid off, but he's not here today. And so he comes in tomorrow, and by then he's heard it, and then there's a problem with getting him into the building, and... Uh, uh, it's not good. So don't tell anybody else, no matter what, ever, not even your spouse, in advance. Yeah. And we'll go back to uh, the rehearsal. You, you made a point. I just want to elaborate on a little bit, which is somebody may have you, – you may have notes or separate kind of briefing notes for you during the process of uh -huh. doing the termination. And some people do. Some people don't. I'd absolutely recommend you do. Unless you've done this a number of times, it's highly likely that – it's going to be as an emotional event for you. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. It won't be as emotional for you as it is for the person being uh, laid off. However, right. it will be emotional for you. Right. Um, most managers, thank God, don't enjoy doing this. So by all means, have a set of notes, have a set of bullet points that you want to get across. If there is a, a particular way you want to um, 
lay out the reasons for the layoffs and by all means write that out, but, but have those notes going into it because you'll find without them, it's, it's highly likely you may not cover many of the things that you need to cover in that, in that, uh, layoff process. Good. Thanks for elaborating on that. That's good. Um, okay. So that's, that's the stuff you do before. Let's talk about the during, and this is really mostly what to say and how to say it. Um, uh, the first, st- first step is you don't need to schedule more than 15 minutes for this meeting. Um, don't schedule an hour. Um, if it goes longer than 15 minutes and it's going well, fine. You can justify perhaps up to 45 minutes if they're asking intelligent questions and they're not emotional or negative or frustrated or whatever. But if it's going poorly, having that 15-minute end time will help you extricate yourself. One way I found this to be particularly effective is if you have an administrative assistant, to tell your administrative assistant, okay, I'm, we're starting at 4. At 4.15, interrupt me. And tell them, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I promised everyone that I would do this as quickly as possible. I have some other people to communicate with. Um, even even if this is the only person getting laid off, you have to communicate with the team. Uh, and then tell them, look, we're going to be talking further. I'm going to be calling you. I look forward to you to be talking to me. Um, but if it's going poorly, no sense in, in expanding upon it. Because they're not. if there's a lot of emotions involved, they're not hearing what you say anyway. Uh, and one more thing. Any day of the week, technically, is okay to do this. If you ask me best and worst, I'll say Monday is best because they have a whole work week to, to think about it and, and uh, um, they have time off and uh, they might very well think about starting their, their next job search. Friday is, is least good just because they have the weekend to stew about it and they can't do anything. Um, so I recommend Monday. But if you get the word on a Thursday and you can do it on Thursday, it's no problem to do it then. Okay. Um, so let's walk through a couple of the, the, the really nitty gritty details. The first thing you do is you avoid chit chat, you avoid pleasantries. And the first words out of your mouth is something along the lines of Bob, I've decided to lay you off. Um, you're not trying to be brisk with this. You're not trying to move through it. You're not trying to go down a checklist. Your tone should be somber. Um, there should be some regret in your voice. You should not express regret like, um, gosh, I really didn't want to do this or my boss disagreed with me. You don't want to imply the company's not committed to what they're doing. Um, but but uh, as a friend of mine said, be strong enough to show some sadness. Um, no chit-chat, no pleasantries. After you say that, they're not going to hear you for the next 20 or so words. So you want to add a filler that allows them to catch their breath. Um, something along the lines of, this is always hard. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. Uh, it's I'm sure you know. I assure you, it's not because of who you are or your value. Um, something along those lines. Nothing terribly detailed. Just sort of a high level respect uh, admission of the emotions that they're going through. Um, next step is tell them why. After you've put in that, fill, you've told them and you've put in the filler. Tell them why. Um, this, this ought to come from corporate, obviously, so there are a, ho- a whole bunch of different answers. Um, uh, it could be as simple as uh, the company is restructuring, um, and going forward from a budget perspective, there's less budget available for employees. Of course, as you know, labor is our, larger, is our largest uh, uh, cost, and that's true in virtually every company that I know of. Um, but corporate or HR ought to have given you some guidance on this. Um, and and generally, we find it's not for their performance because if it's for their performance, we got to be firing them anyway. Um, and by the way, this show is not about firing people. A lot of times, we use the euphemism of "well, we're we're not 
we're laying we're laying this person off. Well, if they're the only person in a 500 person company that's getting laid off, that's not a layoff. They're being terminated, and that's a different discussion because in a termination, you're actually going through the details of their performance and what they haven't done, and you've got all kinds of documentation which is about insulating you from a potential lawsuit. Okay, so we've told them why, and then we accept responsibility. This is counter to what a lot of people do. Uh, rather than blaming it on the company, we actually recommend uh, that you accept responsibility. And you say, if you want to know who made the decision, it was me. Um, don't blame your direct boss. Don't blame the corporate entity. Um, I was asked to choose people to lay off, and you're one of them. Uh, it gives me no pride in saying it. I'm, I'm uh, obviously saddened by this. Um, but if you're going to blame somebody, I want you to blame somebody who deserves it rather than somebody who doesn't. Um, and as I told uh, somebody recently in email, if you can't stomach saying that to one of your employees, you have no business being a manager. This is part. This is the worst part, perhaps, of being a manager. But if you can't do the worst part, you don't get to enjoy the best part. Um, now, at this point, um, they're probably the, the the white noise is diminishing in their head, and so now you walk through finances and benefits. We're giving you this. We're giving you X severance. Here's what's happened to your medical coverage. Here's what how, how Cobra works. Um, here is what will happen to your 401k. Um, and then I would encourage you to handle the document, show them where it's written on the document. Um, uh, the more detail you can give them in writing, the better. Um, and if HR says they'll cover that with them in a separate meeting, I would still go ahead and walk them through it at a high level. Otherwise, they won't hear anything else, and it may be that they go into their meeting with HR frustrated. Um, and you want to do this with some empathy because obviously in many situations, a layoff, somebody gets nothing. So you at least want the credit for being the person who delivers that there is some good news um, in the difficult moment that they're going through. Uh, yeah. Then um, then you want to move as quickly as possible. You don't want to rush, but you want to move to, okay, what are we going to do now? If they continue to focus on, I've lost my job, um, they're going to stay negative. Whereas if you can switch it, and this is where being a compassionate manager really helps, um, if you can switch to talk about the future, um, then that's a good thing. And so offer to help with their job search immediately. Um, look, I'm available to help with your job search. I'll be happy to give a reference insofar as, you know, whatever the company will allow me to do. Uh, I'll be happy to help you with your resume to make it uh, really sing for your, your time here with me. Um, and I recognize that some managers would say, well, gosh, this person hasn't really done that well. Um, and what I would say to them is most resumes are so terrible that you will recognize somebody working for you that you can help them without making them a superstar, you can just keep them from shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to the resume. And they're not going to be great at doing the resume um, right after they get laid off anyway. And the sooner they start thinking about it, the sooner they'll get it done, and the sooner their career transition slash job search will start. Right. Yeah, it's important to help them uh, kind of move in the right direction in terms of taking action subsequent to the layoff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also think, Mike, that when you do this, you're, you're sending an emotional signal that I see you as a person and I know you're going to go on living after the layoff. If you don't talk anything about the future with them, it's almost as if you're implying that you're going to be dead to me once you leave the company. Um, and I think it helps soften the blow emotionally in a pretty significant way. If you say, let's talk about your job search, let's talk about what you're going to do next, they're probably not going to want to do it. But the fact that you're thinking that way 
makes them realize this is not the end. I've got other stuff to do. Um, okay, a uh, couple of related points here. I would absolutely fight tooth and nail with HR or anybody in my chain of command to have security involved in walking them out of the building. I just can't, you know, so many places say, oh, you've got to have security involved. I just, I just won't do it. Um, yeah. If it comes to it, if we have to have somebody involved, I'll walk them out and I'll figure out a way to do it at a time that's least intrusive, least embarrassing for them. So having security involved with somebody who's had access to the files and everything in the office yesterday really sends a bad message about trust, and I just I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's a, it's the worst part. I mean, if you put yourself in the position of the employee, that it's the worst part. You know, worse yet, you know, make them collect all their belongings right there, put them in a big brown box with their uh, pictures of their loved ones, you know, hanging out the top for everyone to see, and then walk down the row of cubes as everybody pokes their head out and watches this person get escorted by security out yeah. the door that you're not firing somebody you're laying somebody off so one resist having security involved at all if you somebody has to walk them out you do it um and give them a chance an opportunity to come back at a later point in time say on the weekend when there's less people around to collect their personal belongings there's there's nothing worse than having to walk out with that box of stuff so let them come back later you meet them let them collect their stuff and and uh on the day of the term, termination or layoff, you know, let them, let them walk out on their own, you know, on their own accord. They can walk out as if they're going to lunch. There's lots of ways that they can walk out and maintain their dignity uh, rather yes. than this uh, escorting by security with a box of doodads in their hand. Yeah. I, I was told once by a friend, if you ever need proof that security ought not to be involved, watch the movie wall street when Bud Fox finally gets caught and they come arrest him in his office. Um, now, obviously, there are handcuffs involved. I'm not suggesting anyone's to engage in securities fraud here. Um, yeah, yeah. And if we're suggesting, you know, we are suggesting that when you lay people off, you don't put them in handcuffs. That exactly. Yeah. That's good, good point. Um, but, but you know what? What this person said to me was, if you don't see the first part of that movie where you understand how much he's cheating the system for Gordon Gecko. And no, I don't believe greed is good. Um, if you just see him walking out um, with the people escorting him, the looks on other people's faces, the, the you know, he's in tears, um, it is as strong a recommendation for not having security involved as there can be. Just don't do it. Don't do it to somebody who the day before you were counting on to help you get promoted someday because that's what your team is doing. It's helping you get promoted. Um, don't do it. Even if you have to put a 15-minute break in between each one of your your layoff discussions so you go and escort them out of the office if that's what the company suggests to you. And I, I really would. I'd follow my sword with this with HR. I'd say, no, I don't, want to, I don't want security involved in mine. I'll walk each one of them out. Okay. Now, um, uh, in addition to that, um, you can also tell them what the team is going to hear. They're going to wonder what everyone knows about what happened. And so... Um, say, say to them, look, I'll be, I'll be telling the team immediately. Um, and they're going to know at a high level, they're not going to know the details at a high level that you were laid off. Um, you were a part of our team yesterday and you'll be a part of our team in spirit going forward. Uh, and I encourage you to talk to them going forward. They might be uncomfortable about that, but I'm going to encourage them to talk to you as well. Uh, they sit next to you. They work with you just because you've gotten laid off. Doesn't mean you're not part of their extended family, if you will. Um, 
They don't know anything about your financial situation, and I certainly won't tell them anything, but they will know the big picture. Um, and I, I ask you just to be considerate of the situation and not engage them in discussions that are negative about the company or about the team. That's going to put them in an awkward situation. They're going to want to help you, but if you're too negative to the company or the team, not suggesting you would, but if it happened, they're going to be less likely to engage you and offer help and assistance after the fact. Yeah, and don't let you know your discomfort with the situation prevent you from continuing to communicate with them. One of the things that going through their mind is is just their their sense of self worth has just taken a dramatic hit. And the more you send the message that um, they're not valuable because you're not talking to them is it's, it's pretty devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last step is in the meeting if necessary, obviously. Um, uh, something like, okay, there's more to talk about here, but I have to cut this off. I have some other meetings to conduct. Um, please, please call me or HR with any questions. Again, here's my number. Here's my home number. Here's my cell number. Here's my work number. Some people say don't give out your home number. Um, um, everybody who works for me always has my home number anyway. If you're a manager, they ought to have it. Um, it's funny how people say, well, I got to work and I didn't have a message. Well, it's because they, got sick last night and they're sound asleep and they're, they didn't have your home number and they forgot to call your voicemail. So they ought to have your home number. Um, and then tell them I'll be calling you as well. Um, and that's really it. And then we've got just a few steps in the aftermath, if you will. Um, pretty straightforward. The first thing you do when you're done having the layoffs is to brief your team immediately. Um, and you should bring them together. It should be one meeting. Um, you know, if you've got people geographically separated, have them dial in. You can have this meeting set up in advance without anyone knowing what it is. It's just an all-hands meeting. Tell them who got laid off um, and tell them the layoffs are over. Um, insofar as you can do that, uh, hopefully your senior leadership has told you there's one round and this is who it is. Um, yeah, and, and, until you do, until you have this meeting... Every single person in the organization is wondering if they're next. So, yep, you know, let them when it's over. Let them know. <laughs> yeah, um, repeat the reasons you were given at a, at a high level. Well, you know, in terms of what the company will be talking about with external folks. And I would be forceful about having people attend the meeting. Don't do it three times over the course of two days to accommodate everybody's schedule. Um, give them advice on how to behave to the people who have uh, been laid off. It's okay to express sympathy. You should definitely tell them that. Um, and avoiding these people is incredibly rude and insensitive. And think about it if you were on the receiving end of that. Uh, the laid off, just like you say, Mike, they'll be branded. A, they'll feel like they're branded a failure in front of their former coworkers. Um, have, uh, having the, their former coworkers stay away from them will make them feel like they're kicked when they're down. Um, and uh, if the team's small enough, look each one of them in the eye and ask for a commitment to reach out to the people who are having to be laid off. Maybe not everybody will be able to do it, but it'll be a powerful message about, hey, we were a team yesterday. We owe this person um, an extra effort on their behalf. We care about them. And the way one expresses caring is calling and talking to them. Um, they are not, these people are not sick. They're not contagious. Um you should do what a caring person would do, which is to reach out. Um, and again, if you can, tell them the layoff is over. Tell them that there are no plans for future layoffs, that this was designed, you know, we, we believe this will do what it's supposed to do. Um, and it is my understanding that there are no future plans for layoffs. Um, 
And if you continue doing layoffs over a period of a year, year and a half, every six months or three months or whatever, you will absolutely decimate the emotional effectiveness of any organization or team. Um, then, obviously, you want to call the people who have laid off. Um, yes, you can wait for them to call you. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I would say, as a minimum, within 48 hours, uh, you should call them. And as a general rule, weekly thereafter, you should be on the phone. Um, don't be surprised if the spouse picks up the phone and you're yelled at. You're the one who did it to her husband or his wife. Um, you should just put your head down in that conversation and, and uh, if you will, figuratively shuffle your feet and, and apologize. The fact is, you, from their perspective, you did this to them and you should accept that. Um, if they're angry and you don't feel like it, whether the, 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 either the spouse or the person that you laid off, if they're angry and you don't feel anything effective is happening in the call, gracefully extricate yourself from that particular call. I'm sorry you feel that way. I understand. I'll try again in a couple of days. Um, now, if you have three calls like that where they're angry with you, you don't have to keep beating yourself up every three days by calling. Um, and you can just say, look, I'm not helping by calling. If you need help from me, I'll let you call me back. Um, I am here for you. Best of luck to you. Um, what you'll find is this compassionate approach will significantly reduce the chances for people being angry, um, so much so that people will say, wow, I mean, as painful as that was, Bob or Mark or whoever, he really did a good job, and I really appreciate what he did. And you never know where your path is going to lead. The future is uh, not penetrable by even the best gazes. And so um, staying in touch with people whom you at one point hired or had on your team Certainly can't hurt. I know a lot of people um, who have been laid off who are fabulously successful now. And in fact, one of the commonalities of almost every CEO I know is they got fired at one point. Um, so stay in touch with people. They don't have to be part of your inner circle, but you need to call them in, within 48 hours and then stay in touch for a week, uh, every week, and uh, until you feel like you're not being effective for them. Um, and then lastly, this is something that you and I will talk about this more about doing after action reports, Mike. We love this process. But when you've just gone through a process like this, when it is rare and important, I call this the Christmas rule. Why is Christmas, you know, Christmas is wonderful, but it's terribly stressful for most people. And the reason it's stressful is because we only do it once a year and it's important to us. So we're not in practice. So at the end of this whole process, do write yourself some notes in an after action report about what you did, about what worked, about what you would have done differently, word you wish you'd used, steps you wish you'd taken. Um, and, and if you like, make a little checklist and share it with your peers and say, hey, this is my experience. I thought you'd like to know. Um, and I'd appreciate any insight you guys had or you all had in the process. That'll make me more effective as well. Start a manila folder. Um, and if somebody wonders when they're going through your desk one day, why is there a folder called layoff? So, well, I, I, I've had to do it before, and these are my notes about how to do it compassionately. They'll really be impressed by that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Well, great. Thanks. That, uh, you know, hopefully you don't have to go through this very often, but right. I think if you go through this process, it'll make it a little bit um, better for your, your folks as well as help you get through it a little, a little bit more easily. Yep. All right, Mark. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for the, uh, the tips there. I think folks will find that uh, very valuable. Hopefully, won't have to uh, execute it in the near term. But great thing about the the podcast, it'll always be out there, ready for you when you need to refresh yourself on how to go through a painful process like this. Well, I hate to say my pleasure at this point, but what I will say is I'm I'm glad that they will have this resource. 
Uh, it's not a fun topic, but it's this is what professionals do when they're called on to do it. So we're happy to help them do it. Yeah. All right, my friend. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us today in this edition of Manager Tools. And we hope this uh, podcast is useful to you as you uh, progress in your management career. As always, we appreciate feedback. And as you know, you can send it to show at manager-tools.com or uh, go to the website, www.manager-tools.com. We also have something new. We have audio feedback available now. So if you want to leave us some audio um, and perhaps uh, allow us to use your uh, feedback on our show, you can leave it on our audio feedback line, which is 206-202-7376. That's 206-202-7376. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.